0: Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. This is a very special episode. We don't normally have a Tuesday update. However, I had to take to a microphone because the premiere of Vanderpump Rules happened. (laughs) I have been changed for good. (laughs) It's like they say in Wicked. I have been changed for good after watching it. This premiere had everything. It had an engagement. It had a piercing. It had Ken taking multiple naps on camera. (laughs) I was so happy to have these people back. Bravo has been giving us tons of Housewives lately, so it was nice to see something a little fresher, a little younger, even though, you know, they're not all so young anymore. But I do think they all look better than ever, the entire cast. I think they all look a little a little trimmer, a little glowier. Lisa's got new teeth. Ken's are about to fall out. <laughs> I hope she got a two-for-one, maybe picked up some dentures while she got her new teeth. <laughs> you guys. Ken's eyes might have been open, but he was napping this entire episode. I feel like we're well into this show enough now that it's like they know what works on them. They know how to costume themselves. They know what filler, Botox, and everything looks good on them. The girls know how to do their. The girls and the boys know how to do their makeup. I'm not. I'm not judging. We know the boys wear the makeup too, as do I. But it's they know what they're doing now, and I feel like seeing them all look so fresh made me really happy. And I don't know if I was just, like, craving this show or I missed it so much, but it just felt so exciting to have it back. I'll tell you who didn't look excited to have a new season. Ken. Like, Ken, we're just wheeling him into scenes to take a nap at this point. I mean, he's just being, like, weakened at Bernie's to these shots, and it's very tough to watch. (laughs) But (laughs) I want to run through the episode did you guys watch the marathon that was, like, running up to it? Like, I caught, like, bits and pieces throughout, it before the episode started, and I was super excited. And I was reminded of all the things that happened. Like, last season's reunion, I saw that, you know, when Sheena stormed off, and, you know, she said it was harder than her divorce, filming the reunion. And I, <laughs> that was the moment where I was like, oh my god, I can't wait for the premiere. Like that, just seeing like Sheena cry and storm off stage, I was like, "Oh my god, I need this show in my veins, like injected into my veins, like I need it." It was wonderful to have them back. We opened with that trailer. Like tonight's, uh, the episode, the very first scene we see is the trailer that we've already watched. Like I've literally watched that trailer for this season at least twenty-seven times, and still, when they played it, like before the episode. I was still on the edge of my seat, like I. It was like I was watching it for the first time. I was so excited. Just that that last shot of the trailer of Kristen, sort of like stumbling to get up with her limbs in every direction. I mean, it's a masterpiece if I've ever seen one. Then, of course, we get that. Raise your glasses high. You know the. <laughs> I hit that note, and I I kind of hit that note. <laughs> We get the opening thing and we see all our people, all our friends. And it was so thrilling to see Kristen in the shot, because do you remember there were those reports from like Radar Online when they were filming that Kristen wasn't a main cast member? So it was so exciting to see Kristen in that opening shot with the wind machine and just like, you know, spilling a drink or whatever the fuck they do in those. And like James has got the, James was holding like a record, which I don't think he's, has he held a record before? Maybe he has, but it was still shocking to see James with the like giant record in the opening shot. After seeing the episode, it's kind of a missed opportunity that he's not holding a pair of a white Supreme underwear that Jax gave him. But, or a Pumpteen. pumptaine. <laughs> anyway, Anyway, just that music. Like, I love the music. I was sort of surprised. I, I actually thought they were going to either add new people to that intro or maybe change it around a little bit. Because I feel like we've been having this exact same cast for so long. Like, we haven't had any full-time new additions since James and Lala. And so, yeah, I was, like, sort of surprised. I thought maybe, like, that Adam would have slipped in there or or Billy Lee would have slipped in there. I, like, I thought – I was assuming they were going to throw someone else in there. And I wonder if they wanted to, but then, you know, they I, – I don't know. I wonder what – I don't know. I, although this season, it doesn't look like we have any other, like, major characters besides – maybe Ra- Raquel, I feel like, is going to step it up. I mentioned that on one of the previous episodes. I feel like Raquel – Is this is her breakout season? I feel like she's gonna really step it up, and I know everyone hates Raquel, but I I feel like that Bambi eyed bitch is really gonna jump on in and get right on board with these these people, and I'm excited. Also, at the end of those intro credits, we get like the whole group shot, and that's where we do get people like uh, Billy Lee and all their boyfriends are there. Guillermo's there, fucking Diana, who Guillermo and Diana I think need to get a spinoff. Like I want to know more about their lives. I want the cameras to follow them at home. Diana, of course, was famously told to suck a dick by Kristen. <laughs> Never forget. But I feel like Diana's got some skeletons in her closet, and I would like to know what they are. So one of these seasons, I know we're still pretty early on. I'm hoping that this goes at least to season 40. And in one of the seasons between now and season 40, I'm going to need the cameras to follow Diana home. Or Guillermo. One of the two. or bo- I mean, really both. I need the cameras on both of them. So fingers crossed for that. Then the first two we see are Lala and Sheena. And they're walking to work. And Lala is saying, I like being 120 to 123, meaning like her weight. And so like, I thought she was talking about like, oh, she likes being thinner. But then she said she likes feeling her ass bounce. And so that I was thinking like, oh, is that like a weight that your ass would bounce? Like, I'm not familiar with women's weights, to be quite honest with you. I know my weight and my. I know that my ass bounces a little bit where I'm at now with the holiday weight, so I was a little unclear about that. So I, I marked in my notes like do research on women's weights. So I'm gonna do that later. <laughs> we see Tom and Ariana at work at Sir, and I laughed so hard because James was DJing, and Tom like goes up to Ariana. He's like I forgot. He's like fuck I forgot my earplugs. <laughs> She's like oh what? And he's like yeah James is DJing. I forgot my earplugs. <laughs> Like how funny, <laughs> I and I've been to see you next Tuesday, and you know what? Tom's not wrong. It's loud in there, like, like earplugs. You know, frankly, they should give them out at the door. But it would just made me laugh so hard that he said that on camera. <laughs> and then Lala's, of course, at the host stand, and Billy Lee comes right on in and says, she says to Lala that there are no phones allowed because Lala was on her phone, and I thought this is foreshadowing because Lala. She took it, but she, when Billy Lee walked away, she said to herself, like, you don't even own this place or you don't run this restaurant. And I thought, oh, they're planting the seeds for this Billy Lee versus Lala, which we saw in the trailer, and I cannot, cannot wait to see more. Then we get something that was very troubling to me. We cut to Jax and Brittany at their apartment, and Jax made Brittany a turkey sandwich. And now I want to run through this turkey sandwich. So it was tur- deli turkey meat, It looked like maybe wheat bread, just, you know, regular bread. It wasn't like a French baguette or a croissant or anything like that. It was just sliced bread, deli, turkey. It wasn't like a roasted turkey. It wasn't, you know, we weren't dealing with anything like a Thanksgiving bird or even like a roasted chicken or anything like that. It was deli, turkey. It was what I assume was a craft single. It was a square cheese that looked very flimsy like a craft single. I'm not certain that it was a craft single. It could have been like the Target brand, maybe like that Archer Farms uh, square cheese. Or, you know, the, I know Rite Aid carries some square cheese of different varieties, but let's go ahead and assume it's the best of the best and it's a craft single. And then there was some squeezable mayo on it. And he, you know, he put that together, put the top slice of bread over the squeezed mayo. And then he, you know, reached in the cupboard and grabbed some chips, poured some chips on the plate. They didn't look like fresh chips. It was like a lot of the chips were from the bottom of the bag. You know, it was like the kind of small crummy ones, the broken ones at the bottom of the bag. Put them on there and then delivered this meal to Brittany. So then Jack says in his confessional that last year he regrets 99% of his decisions. So we get this flashback of everything that happened last year. Of course, last year, Jack slept with Faith, who also worked at SUR, And they slept together in the same bed with an elderly woman. So they, Jax had a threesome with Faith and an elderly woman. The elderly woman was not conscious, much like Ken was throughout most of this episode. The elderly woman was just laying down, and Faith had been a caretaker to her. And so they had hooked up, and there was a recording of all this stuff that happened that was played in front of Brittany and all of Brittany's friends. And Jax had lied about it, and then he finally confessed to it. So these are all things that happened last season, and then you know Brittany, of course, famously told him to rotten hail, rotten hail, Jacks, rotten hail, R A W T, rot, rot, hell, rot, <laughs> <R-A-W-T>, rot. <laughs> rot. I'll never tire. I'll never tire of seeing Brittany say rotten hail. <laughs> so we see all this in flashbacks, and then Jack says he didn't take this job that he was allegedly offered at the end of last season in Florida. Jack says to Brittany, you know, he decided to say he picked the girl over the job. But really, it's still very unclear what this hockey job was. Okay, we none of us really have any concrete answers. But he says that he didn't take this job. Then we see a montage of Jack's buying groceries. He's buying probably all those things that went on the sandwich. Then we cut to Brittany and this was the most troubling thing I think I've ever seen on TV. She had been so, she seemed so taken aback by this new man that was apparently Jax. And she says, she's he. she was so happy that she stuck with him, she said, because he's changed so much for the better. <laughs> and I, so we see it in the montage that he's changed, but we're all led to act as if, Jack suddenly turned into Prince Charming because he threw a Kraft single on a slice of bread and then squeezed some mayo on it. He didn't even use a knife for that mayo. He just squeezed it on. (laughs) He Literally, he went to that grocery store and he bought the squeezable mayo. He didn't buy a jar of mayo. He bought the squeezable one. So it wasn't even like he had to take out a knife, put the knife in the mayo jar, and then wash the knife off, put it in the dishwasher, then run the dishwasher, and then take the knife out, put it away. He didn't even have to do all that. Literally, he got the squeezable mayo for the least amount of effort to make a sandwich for his woman. And she's sitting there acting as if he is Prince fucking Charming. She's telling us, oh, he's changed so much. And I'm thinking, wow, like that's all the footage they could find? Like When they ran that montage of all the ways that Jax has gotten better and changed for good, it was like we were watching this montage of him just running to the grocery store and then squeezing some mayo on a sandwich and it was like and to see that right after we see this other montage of like the uh, of Jack sleeping with Faith and the old lady i mean wow so then we cut back to sir and James is djing James is revealing to Tom and Ariana and Raquel's there in like this white number and it's revealed that James did a rap about Jack's fucking faith so James was of course djing and apparently like god on the microphone and starts rapping about, and he says something like, you know, and then uh, Jack's, Jack's fucked Faith or something like that. I don't know. I I really did try to write down the lyrics, and then he was, like, talking fast, and I was distracted by Raquel's, like, bridal white outfit that she was wearing. I <laughs> couldn't make t- heads or tails of what James rapped about, but it was something about Jack's fucking Faith. And he, apparently he said it in front of Britney, and it really upset Brittany. And so Jack's now hates James. So even though last season they were on, like, good terms, now Jack's hates James, And so Jax then had been, like, texting James that he wanted to beat him up. We saw a screenshot of the text, which I love when Vanderpump does this. Vanderpump Rules always gets the receipts. Like, we always see the text messages. Do you remember when they would show, like, videos like Tom Sandoval crying to Sheena or whatever? Like, that's what Vanderpump Rules does so well. Like, they give us the receipts, and they pop them up on screen. Oh, I love it. So they showed us the screen grab of the text, and it was something about, like, I'm going to come at you, like, fight me like a man or, you know, whatever. And then they they sort of just present that to us. So now we know that Jax and James are feuding. But we don't know quite to what extent. I actually thought that it was, like, just Jax and James. And I didn't, I didn't realize that this is going to be a whole season of everyone against James. And that worries me, first of all. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. So then... Uh, Lisa and whoever is puppeteering Ken. <laughs> Lisa and Ken, you know, Ken kind of like someone drags Ken in. His eyes barely open, but he's holding a bunch of dogs. He's he's got Jiggy with them. They come in. Lala's at the host stand and reveals that Lala lost her father, which was very very upsetting. It was very sad, and I couldn't imagine like it, her father was young and and she's young too. I mean, it was it was heartbreaking to watch her talk about. Her, her dad and then it was also revealed that lvp lost her brother and as she revealed it was from suicide and that was upsetting and and tough and we know if any of you follow like the blogs the housewives stuff we know that that plays into her filming the real house was beverly hills and so i'm curious just from a production standpoint how they're going to like layer that into beverly hills housewives but but we'll see. And they kind of had, like, a moment. They shared a moment about losing people. And they mentioned Jack's lost his father as well. And at one point, like, Lisa and Lala were holding hands. And I'm not kidding. I was crying. Like, I had tears in my eyes. Tears were flowing down. I was in the fetal position. And I'm like, wow, I've we've come so far. Like, I care so much about Lala. Meanwhile, Ken was not comforting anyone. He was just asleep. <laughs> I... I don't understand you guys. Why is Ken filming? Why is he filming? There's it doesn't seem like he wants to be there. He's not getting in the mix. Is Lisa just like making him film with her? Like he's literally not adding anything to the scene. Maybe like in season 1 or 2 it was nice to see the dogs. Do you know what I mean? He was holding Jiggy and so it was like, "Okay, well, you know, it, it, he's basically like Jiggy's chair, so it's fine if he's there cuz we get to look at the dog." I mean, who does like to look at a dog? I'm happy if there's a, a pooch on screen. <laughs> like, show me a show me a dog, I'm in good spirits. But now we've seen Jiggy a hundred times, and frankly, I don't think Jiggy wants the film anymore either. I don't think Jiggy's interested in this show any longer. You know, when they just sort of check out, we've seen housewives do it. Vicki Gunvalson on Orange County, she's checked out. And I feel like Jiggy's the same way. Jiggy and Vicky Gumbelson, neither one of them want to shoot this show anymore. They're both just doing it for the money. (laughs) Jiggy doesn't care about fame. I told you guys on another podcast that Vicky does not care about the fame. I truly believe that. Vicky does it for the money. And I think Jiggy is in the same boat. But regardless, we have Ken carrying Jiggy, and I don't want to look at Ken anymore, you guys. I said it. There, I said it. (laughs) But now we say it. Okay, and now, girls, and now, Enough, We're enough. We're not doing this anymore. I'm not having this anymore. Enough. I don't want to look at Ken anymore. I'm sick of it. I don't think he wants to be there. I don't think he wants us to look at him. He needs to either wake up. <laughs> if he's going to step in front of that camera, I'm going to need him to pop some caffeine, you know, do whatever he's got to do to perk it up. But if he's just going to, like, you know, walk on screen and take a nap, then I want you off. We could get somebody else in there that'll spice things up. There's plenty of people in West Hollywood that'll hop on camera and, you know, start some drama. So unless Ken is willing to wake up, then I need him to get out. (laughs) Do you remember on Full House? (laughs) Remember on Full House, it was like, wake up, San Francisco, wake up. (laughs) That was like the the ditty, wake up. That's what I think about when I see Ken on screen, like, wake up, Ken, Ken Todd or whatever, wake up. Ken needs to wake the fuck up. So then we get another really upsetting scene, which was Sheena serving. Now, we know that these people, they don't really work at these restaurants much outside of filming. They still do work there, of course. I'm not saying they don't. But most of the time, I feel like they're only serving on camera. So I don't think Sheena's waiting tables while the cameras aren't there. I think some of them still do, but I'm pretty sure Sheena does not. But she is, of course, doing it on camera and we see her serving, and it's revealed that she's seeing a few people. She reveals that on August 31st, 2017, Rob broke up with her. And the story was really great. She said Rob was picking his fantasy football team, and then right afterwards, he dumped her. <laughs> it was hard to hear, but I laughed. And so she knows reveals that she's seeing a few people. And then there's a guy that she's waiting on at the table, who I think was miked. Okay. He was miked. He asks for her number. Like he flirts with her and asks for the number. And it this was upsetting because it seems so stagey. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I think he was miked, and he had to have known that he was gonna ask for her number. I feel like it was totally set up. And I don't like when they try to trick me. I feel like Vanderpump Rules is pretty realistic. Like I think they're all actually friends and you know, I've said this before. I I've, I've seen these people out and about in West Hollywood, and I feel like they're all really like this on uh, how they are on TV is how they are, and that's what makes Vanderpump Rules so great is that it feels authentic. So the minute I see Sheena doing like a fake flirtation with someone that she's not really serving, <laughs> like that it was like okay, okay. And we see in the trailer like Sheena's not in the trailer a lot, and it's like maybe this is why Sheena. I don't know. I'm still a little concerned about it because I actually like Sheena. I know this is very controversial, but here's my theory. I would say 99.9 percent of the people that watch Vanderpump Rules have a disdain for Sheena. So every time we watch these episodes, you know, we all like to go online, get on Twitter, you know, social media, whatever, and we all like to talk about the episode. And by and large, I'd say 99.9 percent of us that use social media, we all love to hop on Twitter or whatever and say how much Sheena's annoying us, right? (laughs) I think of these shows as like a sport. It's like my Bravo is like a sport. Usually everyone has their teams. Like when you're watching New York, remember we would recap New York, and some people are Team Bethany, some people were Team Carol. And the feuds, they would get really intense. Like people would argue back and forth. I got called a fag multiple times once when I defended Carol. (laughs) That was very upsetting. But it's like also very fun because everyone has their teams. Well, Sheena's one of the rare people on Bravo that I feel unites almost all of us. And so I want her to keep doing the show because I love the community aspect of everyone hopping online to hate on Sheena. Like I think it's very fun. And I I do is Sheena in on the joke? I don't know. I don't know that she is. But either way, she takes it like a champ because she allows us all to do that. And for that I salute her. I salute her. But isn't it, I feel like out of anyone in the cast, she's probably the most hated. Like, I love Kristen Doty, and I feel like Doty's got a lot of feverish fans. You know what I mean? But then there's also a large section of people that don't like her. But Sheena is by and large hated because she's good ass gold. <laughs> so then Jax brings Brittany to work. He's dropping her off, and he decides to stop on in. He wants to go talk to James. He like is charging at James like a freight train. He says he goes up to James in the DJ booth and he's like, let's go to the parking lot. I'm going to beat you up or whatever. James is saying like, well, what, what happened? Like, I, you know, sorry I said those things. He's sort of doing that, go- uh, not real apology. And then we get a bit of information that truly stunned me. It was revealed that two weeks prior to this confrontation, Jax had given James a gift. And that gift was Supreme Underwear. Jax gave James supreme underwear. When James revealed this information to the audience, it flashed back to a video of James in his house that he shares with that old man. It's revealed that he was given white underwear by Jax, and he modeled it for us in his home or that old man's home, wherever he stays. <laughs> I just want to take a moment of silence, you guys. Like, I I don't even know how to process this information. Like, it left me stunned. So I'd like us all to just take a moment. Like, let's just sink this in. I want you all to think about this: that Jax gave James some white underwear, and James modeled it. But just think about like two weeks prior, Jax gave James white underwear. Let's take a second. Just think about it. Okay so it was not only white underwear it was also limited edition I just I left that out but you know I won't make us do another moment of silence but I just think it's important that we all take that in so Jax is telling James like let's go outside I'm gonna like beat you the fuck up and James is like no I gotta work I don't want to get fired Uh, then we see Ken again who's you know barely alive I don't (laughs) there was one point truly where Ken's eyes were closed and I didn't think they were gonna reopen I thought that was it I thought maybe we lost him. You know, somebody checked the pulse Because at one point, he just shut his eyes. And then, you know, wasn't sure what was... I, I thought we might have lost him there. But luckily, or, you know, he woke up. And, um, and you know what's interesting? Okay, I'm sorry to harp on this about Ken. But this is a show that is filled with so many dynamic personalities, right? Like, even... The the most boring of these people is still so dynamic. Like I always think back on the hills, and the hills had very boring personalities. I loved it, but if you look at people like L. C. Whitney Port, Lauren Conrad, the most bo- Adrena, the most boring people to ever be on TV. Like they were the blandest bunch you could possibly find. That show was still amazing, and not taking away from that, it was. Just the blandest people on TV. If that show were to start now, I don't know that it would take off the way it did. But that was a different time. But you know, that's neither here nor there. But then you look at Vanderpump Rules, and we have people like Jax and Stassi, and I mean, just the most dynamic of people. And then we have Ken, and it's like Ken does not fit in with this crew. Like put Ken next to Kristen Doty, and and then actually, you know, Ken would look completely dead. Like he wouldn't look like he's all there because. Kristen is so compelling and crazy, or Sheena, or or Lala, or any of them. Pick any of them. Even with some of the side characters. Like, put them next to Raquel. It's like, one of these things is not like the other, and that's the old man that keeps showing up in these scenes. I'm sorry. Somebody had to say it. (laughs) Somebody had to say it. So then we cut to a scene at the Belmont, which is a bar I've been to many a times, and Stassi and we meet her new boyfriend, Bo. And Bo seems really adorable, and they seem really cute together, and they seem to complement each other well. And I feel like they're going to get engaged soon, if they're not already. Like, they could have already gotten engaged. And they meet with Tom Schwartz, and Tom Schwartz is as adorable as ever. He's such a scamp. <laughs> but Bo is really cute, and as in her confessional, she starts talking about Bo, and she cries at one point. Like, she loves him so much, she cried. And so at the Belmont, the three of them meet, and Tom Schwartz reveals that he's been striving to be more balanced. So now he orders half shots. Then Jax shows up, and this was the moment where I thought Jax looked like very season one Jax. Didn't he look like very trim or something? Maybe it was the hair, too. I think his hair was more season one-ish. He reveals to everyone that he's going to propose to Brittany. So he tells Stassi and Beau, and it's cute to see Stassi and Jax have such a good relationship and they start talking about jack's or they start talking about James a little bit, and then we cut back to see you next Tuesday. Brittany is there working, and she sees Lisa Lisa goes up to her and she talks about the james situation and right when Lisa walks up to Brittany, she tells Ken she's like, "Can you go wait in the car, darling and it's like. This should have happened a long time ago. Like he should have been waiting in the car from the jump of the episode. So now we're twenty five minutes into this episode. We still haven't seen Kristen Doty. Finally, we do at the ta- at this tattoo parlor where it's also they do piercings. Lala and Kristen are getting piercings done. Kristen is dressed like the Hamburglar. <laughs> She's the Hamburglar of Sir. She's just stealing all those goat cheese balls. <laughs> and also, now I am going to start calling Lisa Lisa McVanderpump. <laughs> but Kristen was dressed like a referee, and Katie was wearing camo, and I was just so excited to see them. Like, I literally, like, stood up. I, I was, like, chills, so happy. And then it's revealed that Lala is upset with James, too, because they were at Coachella, and then James had said to Lala in front of Randall, her boyfriend, that we all know each other inside and out. Now, I guess this was, like, a reference to James hooking up with Lala, but here's the thing. It didn't seem... I don't know. That seemed like something like playful and stupid that James would say, but it didn't seem that bad to me. Am I the only one that thought that? Like, did you guys think? I didn't think it was like that bad. I was shocked, especially at Coachella. It's like, it wasn't like they were all sober. No one goes to Coachella and it's completely sober. So it was like, would that really be a huge deal that he said in front of people? Like, we all know each other inside and out. He didn't even like explicitly say, like, oh, we all fucked or something like that. So I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. But Lala seemed to take it really tough and said that she's completely disowning him. And I really didn't understand. But Lala gets the ears pierced. uh, Then Kristen gets the ear pierced. And they're still talking about James. And then at one point, Katie, she says, time's up on James. And so she's starting to take hold of the Me Too movement and appropriate it. (laughs) And she somehow twisted this into time's up on James. And... I mean, on one hand, I commend Katie for uh, getting in there, getting in the mix. And then uh, we see Villa Blanca, Lisa, and um, uh, Weekend at Bernie's go to Villa Blanca to meet Tom Tom. While they're walking into, there's this like really cheesy song. I don't know if you guys noticed, like sometimes the Vanderpump Rules music is weird, like the Segway music. There was a song called like, this is our town, this is our town. It was like a weird Broadway, but EGM version or something. It was very bizarre. But uh, we sit down at Villa Blanca, Tom Tom shows up, both of them never looking better. Again, I keep saying that, but I think Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval both looked amazing. Uh, and then LVP reveals that she needs a cocktail list for Tom Tom, and they're supposed to be working on this tom- uh, this cocktail list. And inside our secret, you guys, Tom has made me some drinks before, uh, Tom Sandoval. And he's like a legit, this sounds like gross but he's like a legit good bartender like i was i was shocked i was like because i always just thought like oh they a bartender like they probably just know how to make but him and ariana like literally know how to make really fancy good drinks like they're not i don't know i don't know why i feel the need to to tell you guys that but it's true is that it's sort of it's like a gross brag but they did make me drinks and they're fantastic and like i was taken aback like literally like i thought like oh wow like, these are great. So anyway, Vanderpump needs the cocktail list. Mick Vanderpump needs the cocktail list. And they're talking about this. And uh, Sandoval says he wants to get these shot glasses that you could give to people. And I thought that was a great idea, too, because I feel like we all go to these restaurants like TomTom, Sir, Vanderpump, and we all want souvenirs. Imagine if we could take our little shot glass home. Like I would love that. We would all go and take them home. I still haven't been to TomTom yet, which I know I'm embarrassed for myself. So then it's revealed that Pandora's overseeing the cocktail list. So Sandoval and Schwartz are supposed to come up with it, but Pandora's overseeing it. And you guys, here's another, you know, this is going to be controversial too. I do not care for Pandora. I think there's a reason that we don't want to see her on screen. Like, I don't think we want to see her on screen. If we wanted to, they would have shown her more. But every season, somehow they like, you know, wedge her on in there. Her and Ken just like come. You know, just when you think you got rid of them, it's like Ken comes sleeping on camera and then Pandora just like, comes like, hello! <laughs> I was just, do you guys remember Father of the Bride, Frank? I feel like that's like, Pandora once a season's like, hello! But with like zero of the personality that Franck Ekelhofer had. <laughs> Pandora wishes, frankly. <laughs> Pandora wishes. She was half the fun. As Frank Egelhofer from the Father of the Bride films. (laughs) But every season, it's just like, that's why Pandora comes hopping on in screen. It's like, I don't want to, I don't need to see that. Hello. (laughs) Who are you? Uh, Oh my God, you guys, Frank. I was like literally on YouTube. This is an aside, but I was on YouTube the other day just watching Frank clips. Truly some of the funniest thing. Like Martin Short as Frank is some of the best comedic talent I've ever seen before. Like obviously it must be a comedian. <laughs> Mother and daughter are pregnant together. Get out to of town. Get out to of town. Hello! Oh my God, Frank is so great and I love him. What a gay icon Frank is. Pandora is not. <laughs> Pandora wishes. She was a gay icon, the way that Frank Egelhofer is. Pandora's more like um, Frank's assistant. <laughs> if, if I had to put the Vanderpump Rules casts into the Father of the Bride films, I would say that Pandora... You know what? Pandora's not even as cool as like Frank's assistant. I'd say Pandora is more like... Do you remember... Okay, do you remember in the first one when they had the wedding at um, George's house, George and Nina's house, and do you remember they only hired like two valets for the wedding? And then do you remember like the kid, the young boy and his friend and I'm doing like the valet, you know, and we, it's revealed like the two uh, valet people that were hired, like they were so exhausted and they don't even have any lines, but you just see them like really tired because they couldn't do all the cars. Or, and then George has to like leave the wedding. And then, you know, Frank is like, why are there only two valets? And George is like, Oh, I got rid of them. Like we didn't need them, whatever. And then the kids and Frank and George have to like literally leave the wedding to go move all the cars around. I think Frank goes back, but they have to move all the cars around, and with the you know the one valet or whatever that's left, and I feel like Pandora's like one of those two tired valets. Like if she had to be one of the characters from the Father of the Bride films, she's like the extra who plays the valet. <laughs> I wonder how many people turned off the podcast after that uh, little tangent, <laughs> little Father of the Bride. Who do you guys think Jax would be in the Father of the Bride films? Let's go through the list. <laughs> J- J- Hello! <laughs> J- who would be Frank? Let me think. I mean, obviously, like it's been revealed that Kevin, she, 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 darling, is Frank. I mean, he even said in interviews that Frank was based off him. But we're not counting him, because he's sort of like an extra bit player on The Housewives. But so, who would be Frank in... In the Vanderpump Rules universe, I'd probably say I would actually say maybe Lala. Lala's got this personality of a Frank. I mean, she doesn't have a lot of the like the cadence, but she's got a lot of that personality. So I, you know, I'm gonna go with Lala. But we can all let's all sit on that and think about it for a little bit. Anyway, then <laughs> Brittany and Stasi go to the dog parts. Stassi knows about the engagement, but she's trying to hide it from Britney. She's not saying anything. And then Tom and Tom and Jax go to pick up the ring. Jax is spending some of his dad's inheritance on this big, beautiful ring. And Tom says to him that, or I don't know if it was in his confessional or or just to him, he said, he hopes that Jax isn't doing this engagement because of the dad thing, because his dad just passed away. And Jax actually actually says, like, yeah, I am, because when my dad died, like I, Brittany really took over and she booked the flights and she took the phone calls and stuff. And I realized, like, how could I ever leave them? And I don't know, it worried me a little bit. I got worried, much like Tom did in the scene. I was like, oh, this, it feels like it's a rushed decision. And I always say, like, you should have at least a year in your relationship with no drama before you think about moving to the next step. I might have heard that from my arch nemesis, Patty Stanger. I don't remember. But. For those of you asking, Patty Stenger, I don't have a real reason why she's my arch nemesis. I just find her to be tough, and she's on my list. Her and Melissa Joan Hart. That's neither here nor there. That's a tale for another time. But I worry that this is happening with that. But I mean, I know Jax loves Britney, but it's a weird... I worry about it. And it also was revealed that they were, in, or they were broken up at one point, and Britney was hanging out with her ex-boyfriend, and she said she slept with him. His name was Aaron. And then she says that she thinks Jax couldn't stand seeing her with someone else. I don't know. It was seemed like a lot of red flags. It even seemed like Brittany was kind of jumping back into this thing too soon. Like the dad passing away, I feel like, you know, a death really does change you in a lot of ways. And it makes you re-examine your life and reevaluate things. And so, you know, that could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. I just, I hope it's all a good thing. That's all I'll say. So then um, Jax puts the ring in a box and puts the box in front of his dick. They're going to... Get engaged at the neptune uh Neptune net in Malibu, which is a a really fun place i didn't feel like it came across well on camera. It seemed like like a dink i don't know a shitty park or something like that, but it's actually a really fun place i don't know that it's like i don't know it looked, it, it, i don't know it seemed good for them. <laughs> they took a lift there, which was weird to me though it was like he spent all this money on the ring and then the, it wasn't even like a nice like black car lift or uber it was like just a regular. Like a shitty lift, like a Honda Civic or something. I was like, I feel like at this point we should maybe, you know, up the ante and just take an Uber Black, you know, like a nicer town car. But I wasn't planning this. <laughs> so I also wondered like the Lyft, it was a Lyft driver, but then they had the camera crew in the car. So I thought, I wonder if this was hired by Bravo and it was like a Lyft sponsorship or if... They ordered a lift and then they like asked the lift, like, hey, can we put a camera crew on the car? But we won't film you. I don't know. What were the logistics there? Maybe it was Ken driving him around. Although, I don't know if I trust Ken to drive me. He might fall asleep at the wheel. Anyway. Okay, guys, we have to take a quick break. So let's take our commercial break here and then we'll come back and we'll talk more about VandaFun. <laughs> They get to the Neptunes thing, and then meanwhile, at Katie and Tom Schwartz's house, Katie's vacuuming, which was a sight I could do without, and then Tom is making cocktails, and then St- <laughs> Stassi and Dodie show up. And it was funny, Schwartz said that the cocktail shaker is like the bat signal for Dodie and Stassi, and that made me laugh. And then they all sit down and they're talking about Brittany and Jax, and and Kristen reveals that she thinks that Jax is going to propose, and she's like putting all these pieces together. And this was like Detective Doty was back on the case. And I loved it. It was like she had her monocle. She was like, you know, ready to go. It was like Angela Lansbury, Murder, She Wrote, Harriet the Spy, all rolled into one. Doty was ready to play with this marble cigarette in her back pocket. Like she figured out this engagement before anyone else did. And that's why she's great on TV and for detective work. I mean, I would want to put her on some cases in the, you know, let's get her in the, what's that FBI case? What's that FBI case? Let's get her on them. <laughs> I I hate that I could recall things like Frank Egelhofer's name from Father of the Bride, but I can't think of like the, the big investigation going on with our president at this time. Like why <laughs> why is my brain why is my brain the way that it is, you guys? It's like I literally like cannot think of like who's on the case against <laughs> I sound so stupid. I don't know who's on the case. It's like, (laughs) but I know I could, you know, name the valets and father of the bride. Okay. I need to, I need to get some sleep. (laughs) But so they're at this, uh, Jackson, Brittany are at Neptune net in Malibu. And there's like Porto potties all around. It really grossed me out. They were both wearing all white and they went into the Porto Johns and that's dangerous to me. And I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I have this intense fear of being in a porta potty and it getting tipped over. Have you ever seen that happen? I think it's been on like movies and TV shows. It's like such a bully thing to do. Like you're in there and somebody like knocks like the evil high school kids like come and knock it over. Every time I get in a porto potty, like I literally say a Hail Mary and I <laughs> make the sign of a cross and I pray to um share my god and I worry that some Somebody's just gonna come and tip me over, and the shit from the porta potty is gonna like fly all over me. It's one of my biggest fears in life, truly. Truly. I also have this fear. I don't know if you guys have been watching 90 Day Fiancé, but I've been getting nightmares because Asuelo, or whatever the fuck his name is, you know, he was. Did you guys see the episode when he was carrying the baby on his shoulders? And it was so scary to me to watch him with that newborn baby on his shoulders. Like, he seemed like so kind of like, I don't know, loose with it. It was like a baby giraffe, like walking for the first time on suelo with a baby on his neck. And I keep having nightmares of a suelo with that baby and the baby falling off. I keep getting nightmares about it. And anyway, so that joins um, my other nightmare of falling over in a porta potty. So I didn't like seeing that. And they were all just in all white. Like that would have been a real big mess, uh, ultimate, ultimate mess. So then they order their food and, um, Let's see. Oh, meanwhile, at Katie and Tom's house, like they're talking to Kristen and Kristen saying that she was texting with Jax all day. And this is why she's starting to think like, you know, uh, putting all the pieces together and thinking Jax is going to propose. And it, there's a throwaway line that Kristen revealed that Jax in a text. Kristen had said to uh, Jax, she said, let me preface this with and then, you know, said something else. And so Kristen then revealed Jax's response to that was what does preface mean? Wow, this is troubling for a lot of reasons. Number one, that he doesn't know what it means. Number two, that he didn't just Google the word. Because if you're already looking at the text on your phone, it's really easy to just go quick Google a bit. You know what I mean? Who am I to talk, though? I can't even think of who's doing those investigations. (laughs) Those U.S. government investigations, whatever we call them. (laughs) I swear, you guys, I'm going to go open the news after I get off here and I'll learn about world events. But in the meantime, I just want to wrap this up by saying that Jax was very nervous about this. He even at one point talked to the camera. He said, I'm nervous. And it was cute because they broke the fourth wall. I always love when they do that. And then he proposed and it was in front of all these people. It was it was cute. It felt like very cute for them. I was concerned there was like a table full of people in the background and one of them wouldn't sign the release. And that just bummed me out because it was like you know, this could have been really beautiful footage for the grandkids one dime, one year, one day, and you know they're going to be watching this footage, and there's going to be a blurred out man in the background who wouldn't sign the release. You know, like Jackson, Brittany probably, Jacks probably thought, oh, I'm going to propose on camera, and then we'll always have that footage to show our kids, our grandkids, their grandkids, and it's like that footage is going to be tainted by like one blurred out man. Who went and sign a fucking release form at Neptune's in Malibu? I know that bummed me out quite a bit. Also, bummed me out that there was a lot of sauces everywhere. It was like, you know, a lot of sauce on the table for a proposal. They didn't even have the food at the table at that point. It was just like sauces everywhere. Brittany kept getting up to get some tartar sauce and like ketchup and, you know, ranch. It was like every kind of, every fucking sauce was at that table. And I've been there before. I don't re- remember all the sauces being there, but uh, apparently they were available to Brittany. And she's like, I'm engaged. I'm engaged She went from rotten hill to I'm engaged and that is a beautiful journey. And we're on it with her. So, you know, did she get engaged with a table full of sauces and some Porto Johns in the background? Yes. But you know what? It looked like she was happy. And that's all that matters. She was happy. She was acting as if she won a prize, and I was happy for Brittany. I was happy that she was happy. A tear came to my eye, and I hope those two kids make it. I really do. And you know what? They love each other. They do. It comes down to it. They love each other. Next week is apparently Pride. And the real important thing is Raquel becomes a star. (laughs) It's revealed that Raquel is becoming a star next week. I'm very excited about that. And then we'll see more from uh, this Britney and Jax engagement. I don't think it's going to be as much like wedding stuff as we thought. Like I think when Britney and Jax got engaged, I think we all worried, like those of us that follow the blogs or social media or whatever, I think we worried that it was going to be like a full season of wedding planning. And I don't think we're going to get that, which is good. It's good. I think they're going to just kind of sit in this engagement for a while. Even Katie, (laughs) Katie was like, I hope they don't get married right away. And I, I was happy for Katie to say that. Meanwhile, Brittany's like, "I knew he was going to take a wife someday," and I was like, "That's tough," um, but happy for you. I'm just so happy that they're back, you guys. I'm I'm happy for her, and I'm happy for me. More importantly, and I'm happy for all of you because we needed this. We needed a win. We needed this show back. We needed these kids back in our lives. So I'm. Sorry to inundate you with content. I know we had another new episode. I hope you'll listen to the other one on Monday. And then we'll be back on Thursday with the Housewives recaps. But I want to thank you all for listening. Now, if you're new to the show, I've been doing these cooldowns at the end of the episode, so I'm going to do that in a second. Before I do, I want to say please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. Please join the Everything Iconic Facebook group. I want to thank Samsung Technologies for sponsoring the show. And I want to say, if you want bonus episodes of the show, or if you simply want to support this podcast monetarily, (laughs) it would be lovely. I truly couldn't make the show without the support of the Patreon. So if you want to head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic, you can click the Become a Patron button. And for $4 or more per month, you get access to all of the bonus episodes. And there's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and New Jersey and New York recaps up there. And I'm going to be recapping all sorts of uh, iconic episodes, and and there's some other fun stuff there too. So please do that if you feel so inclined. And uh, let's see anything else. Let's do our little cool down. So inspired by a soul cycle class I took once. Let's all <laughs> let's all take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out take another deep breath in hold it now i want to think of someone that you you love or you loved romantically now breathe out now we saw this beautiful engagement on screen on vanderpump rules so i just want to encourage you to reach out to your boyfriend girlfriend maybe an ex hopefully an ex that you're on good terms with and just tell them that you love them reach out Maybe you're sitting next to your husband or your wife or boyfriend or girlfriend. Give him a kiss and tell him you love him. I love you guys. I love you guys so much for listening. Bye.